0: to Scoreline Extra it is myself Shane O'Keefe and I've been con- conducting some interviews over the past weekend on Scoreline which is our weekend show on KCLR from 2 to 6 on this episode you're going to hear from Brian Dowling and Michelle Teane on Kilkenny's victory over Wexford post-match from the Ballonkillen and Bagnastown Gales game Ronan Dempsey on Carlo GEA in general Brian O'Reilly on the Carlo District League Blaine Donovan from Kilkenny on competing in the Ultimate Strongman up in the North last weekend and Paul Denis from Goran Athletics Club on fellow club Mary Fitzgerald competing in the Paralympics first up here's Brian Dowling and Michelle Tian
1: Brian Dowling uh, I suppose job done a of two halves I suppose from your point of view good first half not so good second half your overall thoughts after the game
2: yeah look I'm very happy with the, the first half probably the first 20 minutes especially I thought we were really motoring well and Probably the best 20 minutes we've played all year, but kind of dropped off a bit in the second half. Look, I suppose it happens when you're that far ahead, you know, you lose that thing. But that's something that we have to work on next week because we know that we can't do that in the all semi semifinal or we hope we'll be out of the championship fairly quick.
1: Yeah, I suppose the one bad uh, incident in the first half was an injury to Kellyanne. Any update on her at the moment?
2: Yeah, just a shoulder injury there, but I'm hoping maybe she might be okay for next week. We'll have to assess the next day or two. I think, it, you know, at the time it all kind of sucked the energy out I thought talking was having a super game and everything good we did in the first half was coming from Kellyanne making runs through the middle, which she's brilliant at. And look, I just hope for her own sake, she's after having a lot of uh, serious injuries down the last couple of years. So please God, she'll be okay.
1: He went in at half time with a considerable lead. Did that really contribute to coming out in the second half and not performing as well as he did in the first?
2: I think so. Look, in fairness to Wexford, they came out in the second half and up the intensity big time. And you know they really put it to us? And look, we're disappointed with the second half performance, but look, we came down here to win a quarter final. We won by 13 points, so we're more than happy to be going home to Kenny, looking forward now to this the week with a lot to work on as well.
1: Yeah, and three goals in the process as well. I suppose two very well worked goals. A lucky one, poor Laura Brennan, just to see for a small bit from a shot out from Denise. But you must be happy overall with the team's performance.
2: Yeah, well, like we, you know, we wanted to start well today. You know, kind of felt maybe if if we get Wexford a bit run on us at the start, you know, we'll get them. A lot of confidence, and we just wanted to, you know, really start well because we probably haven't been starting well in many games this year. So looking, for to the girls, we started very well. We got to two goals, you know. Steffi Fitzgerald was true for another one, could have got a goal. So look, we're happy getting a couple of goals. You know, the second, the third one was lucky enough, but we'll take it anyway.
1: Semi-final now next Sunday. Looking forward to it as well. No matter who would be, I you know the draw is on for later on
2: Galway or Cork. Any preference? Um, I don't think we can get Galway, as far as I understand. Uh, I think it's whoever wins this match and, and Cork, one or the other. So look, we're in the All Ireland semi-final now. Every play at this stage, you know, teams are brilliant. So we'll we just have to be ready. And we you know we'll, ha- we'll have to win our best performance of the year if we want to get to an All Ireland final. That's for sure. And the
1: last question I have for you too Miriam Bambrick's red card. Any thoughts on that?
2: I didn't see it. Now, to be honest, um, to- there was a tangle there, and I thought the two of them were after banging into each other, the two of them were on the ground. So I don't know. I don't know whether it was caught in video or whatever. We'll have to have a look at it after the game and see if it's worth appealing or not. But I don't know at the moment so I can't comment on it because I didn't see it so.
1: If it is upheld though I suppose it's a major blow that she would probably miss the semi-final and the All-Ireland final
2: Yeah I so said look we'll have to deal with that during the week and, and see I said, if it's worth the feeling and if it's not overturned I suppose it'd be very disappointing alright you know Merrim has, has spent a lot of league games with us this year and, and lucky not to be starting so she would be a big loss yeah Okay thanks Brian
1: Michelle Teehan Job done, good win, quarter-final Looking forward to the semi-final now uh, Next weekend, but your overall thoughts After that victory against Wexford today
3: Yeah, I suppose we came here to Do a job and we did it, so we're happy now To push on and focus on next week
1: you had a very good first half uh, probably the best I've seen you play all year second half not so good was it the thoughts of maybe job done at half time and little mistakes started to creep in or did just Wexford come out in the second half more than what they did in the first
3: yeah I suppose at the before the game we were eager to go out and just play as a unit that was our main aim and um, no it definitely wasn't job done at half time we were in the dressing room making sure that we wouldn't slack off I suppose it just kind of happens the way the game was was a bit I don't know kind of hard to stay um, pushing on the whole time but I think we did enough anyway to get, to get what we needed
1: your first half was exceptional crisp movement hand passing lovely interplay with one another forwards working back as well it must have been a joy to play out there and especially in the surface it looked immaculate out
3: there yeah it was i suppose when we're playing as a unit and doing the same things right that's when we're at our best i suppose it just gives us something to work on that we couldn't do for the whole 60 so we're we'll definitely be looking at that now in training and trying to push on for the semis
1: Miriam is just after passing us there. She looks absolutely devastated after getting sent off. No one likes to, to do it, but you dug in in the last couple of minutes and made sure you got over the line for her as well.
3: I uh, suppose it's not nice for anybody, but it is what it is, and we just have to push on now and do it for the likes of her if she can't uh, play the next few games and yeah, just be a complete unit as well. She's there. She, she didn't have, obviously, she's not happy herself, but she still was well able to congratulate us and like, stay as a unit and the team
1: semi-finals look forward to now and especially in Crowe Park, first time in the history of the Camogie semi-finals at senior level has been played in Crowe Park you must be looking forward to getting back there again
3: It's never a bad day when you're in Crowe Park so we'll be looking forward to it Um, yeah, delighted to have it up there on the big stage
1: Well, you had another good game today congratulations and best of luck next weekend
3: Thank you very much, man
0: Kenny now have a semi-final to look forward to Bagnellstown Gales may be looking forward as well they had a great victory over Ballen Killen here's some post-match reaction
4: Rory Dunbar it ain't the end of the world but a good Bagnellstown team have defeated you today Set Mullins in the first but still two matches left for Ballen you showed good signs out there today a few bad wides, conceded goals at vital times but beaten by a better team
5: most definitely beaten by the better team. Um looking at Bagnestown like they're they're on a an upward trajectory the last few years as well and it's really starting to pay off like they've a good mix of youth, size, age, like styler there as well still flying. Um for us, uh, to be honest with you, you say there's a lot of positives. I don't know today and it has to be brutally honest because we'd be an honest group and own Larkin like once, once, once that because there's no BS at all. Like it's just be honest with ourselves, we wouldn't be happy with that because that's not where we want to be. Um, and you could say uh, numbers down from the county final last year and stuff like that. But the reality of it is, like we we just didn't perform again. And against St Monans, same thing. Um, didn't leave a game behind us. The better team won. Better team always wins in, in, in my eyes. But um, no, very very dis- disappointed. And the thing is, it it seemed that I was over um, before half time. And that's something that
4: yeah. The second half was
5: tight. Uh, Seven six, I think. Yeah, but. Goals made a difference. Like, do you know what I mean? You could say, you could say that. Like, looking on from the the, the line, like I only come in ten minutes or whatever, and um, they're just. I I don't know. It just felt like we we do. We have a serious amount of work to do, but we will do the work. And we have two matches left. Two two matches left, left, and we'll just go back to the training now. Tuesday or whatever. Tuesday, Friday, and. And go from there again, and look forward to it. Like, but personally, it's nice to be back myself as well because it's yeah, it's great to see you. Yeah, uh, one thing after the next of my I said on the I I said on
4: commentary. Remember you going on the crossbar of your father's bike to play hurling. You're at it it a long time now.
5: Great man, yeah, Yeah. but uh, (laughs) but I'm at a long time. Yeah, I think this is my 20th year if I'm not mistaken. Right, 2002, I think. Uh, Butchers, I feel every second of it. Right. <laughs> I and mean, uh, before I let it. you
4: go, we yeah. did mention off air, like every small team, and I don't mean small, but there's a small hurling community. Karen, I said it on commentary as well. There's a lot of injured players in Ballinkillan at the moment, and to be fair, that was an honest performance by everybody today. But you are missing a few of your inter-county stars as well.
5: Oh, totally. Like the two Wheelens, there, are missing. Um, uh, Sean Murphy, obviously, just asked his first session back with us was this week as well. And even when he came on, he made a big difference. Like, but um, like the thing is, like the lads that are there, like you. Always have lads missing for a variety of reasons, like every team is the same. You just have to deal with it and, and put up with it like and because that's the nature of the beast like when you're playing sport and you get you get injuries. And the thing is like the lads that we had playing as well, every one of them like I see them in training like fantastic characters and fantastic hurlers like, do you know what I mean? So um like you could say you're missing players and all that sort of stuff but I dunno if a team goes out, a team goes out and characters everything and if you Shoulder to the wheel and stuff like that, then things happen and stuff like that. So, like I said, just wasn't to be for us today or the last day, but still a chance to too much. Absolutely, left, yeah, and we can not relish that. Relish it, yeah, relish it. No. Okay,
4: well, listen good to see you. You've the good man. work, and you're still a young lad, by the way. And never mind the pains and aches, yeah, you did quite yeah. well today yourself. But, commiserations on the defeat and the best of luck on the final two games. Thanks very
5: honest. much, thanks very good much. Man, thanks, man. Thanks Cheers. Thanks, uh, thanks. Rory. No worries at all, anyway.
4: Gavin, well done. Congratulations. Three out of three. And uh, you have a break next week. And then it's uh, Monkland's Rangers in your final qualifying game. which you're, uh, you've really cemented your semi final spot today.
6: Yeah, another good win. Look, it was a massive challenge again coming in here. Um, we knew what we'd to expect from Balling Hill, and they were going to come in all guns blazing. But um, look, we're delighted to get the win and get to three wins. And um, our under 20s are at wins tonight now. So it's kind of it's non stop. And probably next weekend uh, is the break is coming at the right time for the lads. Um, There's probably seven or eight under 20s that are playing both. So. It'll, um, look, hopefully they'll go well Wednesday and we'll have next weekend to probably recover and recruit and look forward now to the Mount Leinster Rangers game.
4: A bit of a worry, Craig, Dale picked up a knock there. I see he's walking away with the team, but uh, I'm sure you're worried at the time.
6: Yeah, look, it's there, we have a few knocks there. We had a few knocks coming into the game, but, you know, when you have matches coming, and fast, that's what happens, and I suppose now more than ever it's more important to have subs that can come on and make an impact and we seem to be building a good panel which is positive going forward but look hopefully look, Craig will be alright he's a, he's a warrior and uh, in fairness we have taken taking a lot to to stop him. So hopefully, lucky. he's two weeks off anyway. So hopefully that'll stand to him going forward.
4: I think for any neutral here tonight, collectively looking in at that performance, Bagnellstone had a complete performance today. You played well in all units and uh, lads that played well last week and yet didn't shine they come out tonight and they did their bit. Your corner Danny Dale was excellent at centre forward and everybody played their part.
6: Yeah, they all played well. Danny, Danny is a real workhorse there on the half forward line. cornerbacks Andrew Casey, Thomas Maher. Like you know, they're all they're all doing their bit. They're all working hard and they're all trying to do the right thing. So look, it's um it's a collective effort. And I suppose, look, we have two weeks now to try get ready for an outlander Rangers. We know what a massive challenge we have ahead of us with them, you know, reigning county champions. And I suppose they're the team that everyone is looking up to. And all we can do is organise and repair as best we can and have a go at it.
4: Okay, well, listen, well done. 303 three ain't bad. I think meatloaf on the song 203, but <laughs> it's three over three. So well done.
6: Thanks, Amelia. Thank man. you. Well
4: done. on.
0: What a great weekend it was for Carlo GEA in general. Mount Leinster Rangers and St Mullins also went ahead. Ronan Dempsey from Carlo GEA talked about some exciting developments. Welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Shane O'Keefe. Now joining me on the line from Carlo GEA is Ronan Dempsey. Ronan, thanks very much for taking the call.
7: No at all, Shane. Thank you.
0: It's been a com- really busy week in, in, in terms of getting straight back into the action from uh, Carlo GEA perspective. Of course, it must have feeling great to be able to run off the 2020 football championship, Arogan eh, Rathvili.
7: Yeah, it was really important to the board and to the clubs that 2020 was a proper full stop put on the season, and particularly for the players themselves, that um, you know in the annals of history, when we look back on the record books that there's not a blank space for for 2020 so yeah, it was great to get it done, and um, yeah of course, hero winners again.
0: And we're right back now into the thick of the hurling Championship. Bagdestown Gale's doing very well. Uh, Gavin Nolan saying they're not going to lose the run of themselves uh, as of yet, but they have a very important game coming up today against Ballin Killen, and then Netwatch Cullen Park is really getting a run for its money as well as we'll have uh, St Mullins going up against Mount Leinster Rangers.
7: Yeah, it's great. It's great to have the spectators up to the 500 mark in Netwatch Cullen Park, and I think I suppose that is the main reasoning behind having... Um, the, the marquee fixtures in the county grounds but yeah it looks as if Bagnastown Gales are really starting to make an impression um, two wins from two but this afternoon as you say Shane against Ballin would be a real test
0: it must. There must be a real sense of pride within Carlo GEA yeah, because we know you were very busy during uh, the pandemic. Of course, we've had a, an inter-county season that uh, ha- has just come to pass, and we had the Barrowside Challenge, and a lot of things were going on behind the scenes. But from a club level, like all club players are just so thrilled to have it back and the type of work that must've been going in behind the scenes. Like we know you were even doing kind of virtual things at the start of the pandemic to keep everybody engaged. And uh, Kevin Regan is doing different things in podcast world as well. So to keep that momentum going and it must really kind of feel like it's coming to fruition, especially with people allowed back into Netwatch watch park, we're able to hear the crowd now when we're doing the live commentary of the games. And it just adds an extra sense of intrigue and excitement to the whole thing.
7: Yeah. It You're right, Shane, it was was a crazy year, Um, very, very strange. But I think ourselves, along with our clubs um, and the club secretaries particularly, you know, we adapted and we just rolled with the new normal, uh, if we can use that dreaded phrase again. And, you know, particularly in the area of streaming, I think that was a big plus to be able to really get our hands into that because it was something that we would have liked to have done before um, in year particularly at the knockout stages, not so much the early rounds because, you know, even with 500 spectators allowed back in, you know, there's probably enough capacity for people to go and watch the games now. Um, but certainly the knockout rounds, you know, when you do have uh, more interest around that area, it's great to have that capacity to be able to roll that out now fairly quickly. So, yeah, look, 2020 was a real learning experience. But, um, yeah, it, hopefully kind of things are... Uh, start to get back to what we would consider the old normal
0: and like even speaking of that we had the 2020 John Westfale uh, kind of cancelled and that's co- starting today and that'll be going ahead all next week as well so from a youth perspective just really encouraging to be able to get those back out into the field and have something exciting like uh, going to Crow Park at the end of it and having that for the school boys and girls will, it, it's just tremendous
7: yeah it's brilliant to be fair i and ran a great programme of games last year um, it was week on week on week, and they got everything finished apart from I think it was three finals. So again, like the uh, adult board, they managed to finish uh, the 2020 championships as well just recently. So yeah, look, it's great, failure It's great to have Fela back, and it does add that you know that extra dimension because of the format of the tournament. Uh, as you said, it's starting tonight. Um, Fela Noguel, which is the hurling. Uh, section of it that starts tonight continues tomorrow with semi-finals and last round and then um, the finals in Network Cullen Park on Sunday morning and then as you say Fela Pell then Oak is on next weekend and that takes the, the same format so look it's, it's even great just to see Fela back on the, the calendar you know and that's uh, it's a big plus plus.
0: And consider, like, there's so much to, to cover because considering the year that we have when it was kind of doom and gloom and there was different kind of things going on like even the draw on Thursday for the Strive Under-20 Hurling Championship took place and there's some good affairs there with Mount Leinster Rangers going up against St Mullins and Bagnellstown going up against Nave Owen um, these different things you're keeping everybody involved at this time
7: Yeah, it's, we've put a lot of emphasis on the Under-20 competitions this year, Shane um, it's an area that we probably have neglected over the years. Um, And I suppose the way we looked at it this year, rather than try to shoehorn it in uh, between other matches and things like that, we actually tried to prioritise the dates for the under-20 hurling. Now, I know it has to sit within a very tight window, and there's a lot of those guys overlapping and playing senior uh, this afternoon. But it seems to be running very well, and there's no doubt, and I think outside of... Uh, the senior hurling championship with greatest respect to our junior and intermediate teams, the under-20 is the next best standard of hurling in the county out there. And similar to, to under-20 football, once our under-20 football Super League gets up and running. So look, Stride came on board um, as partners for those, those competitions and it's given a real boost. And I think the, the young guys, well, not that young, but younger than me and you, <laughs> but, you know, that, that cohort of players are really enjoying the competition. And um, we hope that it will go from strength to strength now from 2021 onwards.
0: And probably impre- out there trying to impress Pat O'Flynn, who we were talking to not so long ago, only about two weeks ago, and he he's really positive about the the under 20 hurling scene as well in Carlo. Um, like despite the inter county career, and we've been talking to, to you know Tom Mulally, and, and we've been talking to different people, Niall Carew, about the the season that was had from an inter county level, and maybe the disappointment that that came with it, but. Behind the scenes, there seems to be, from Jim Bulger all the way down, just this really positive sentiment of the infrastructure being set into place. Not that it wasn't before, but there seems to be something kind of burning in the background that will no doubt benefit the inter-county scene in the next couple of years.
7: Yeah, well, look, I mean, I suppose a group of us um, came under the employment of Carlow G about seven, eight years ago, and with the help of the board, they kind of gave us the the leeway to restructure things. Now, anyone that that understands that kind of process understands but it takes time for um, the wheels to, to really start turning. So I suppose when you do see uh, the product and I know we you know we took a heavy beating at minor level and and um, you know or, or the rest of our panels may not have won their matches, but yeah you can certainly see a progression of you know player development starting to come through now and what we want and this is also in, in conjunction with our clubs is to make sure that you know, with the additions of uh, possibilities like GPOs in clubs that we can really push the coaching standard up and then, you know, bring the the, the next step of this process to the next level. And, and that's where it has to get to from here on.
0: And uh, speaking of more processes and different things happening, you recently announced on Twitter that Damien Jordan has been appointed as the new uh, Hurling Games Development uh, Officer replacing Benny Kenny. Um, that that's uh, Is that a you know, was Benny that was stepping down or Damien, that kind of came to fruition and came into your mind and how did that process come about and what will his role be?
7: Yeah, so Benny uh, decided that he wanted to head back to home. Benny's from Galway, uh, so it was a long trek back and forth uh, for him, for family and and bits and pieces like that. So, lucky the good stint in Carlo, I want to thank him um, on air now just for the work that he did, but when the opportunity came to fill the role, um, we kind of felt we had already made replacement in Damien who had worked with us on a, a kind of a long work placement from his third level institution and we really got to know him and, and kind of had a good look at the attributes that he could bring to the role. So when the role um, came up, you know, he was uh, he was the obvious choice. So look, we're thrilled uh, to, to fill the role so quickly and to have a very smooth transition and particularly as I say with someone who has worked with us before, uh, Damien knows the roles very well so there'll be very little... Settling in time for him. He'll hit the ground running on Monday the 30th of of August, all going well. But, you know, as well as I mentioned, you know, there are other opportunities hopefully going to come on stream in the county of Carlow with the advent of the GPOs, as I mentioned. So, obviously, our our staff members are GBAs, uh, administrators, whereas the GPOs are the games promotion officers. And we've spoken to our clubs um, and kind of outlined alongside Lancer GDA of the opportunities that. Uh, a GPO can, you know, can can bring to each club in Carlo, particularly from a from a coaching point of view. So we have a handful, five or six, I think, clubs at the moment who have put their hand up for, um, you know, willing to take on a GPO in their clubs and willing to to spend uh, that kind of money on a person who will bring up the coaching standards. So that's going to be the next level. So we hope to be in a position in mid to late September to uh, roll out a couple more. GPOs in Carlo, which will be great.
0: Yeah, that sounds hugely encouraging and hopefully a lot more do take you up on that and like it's just it's really nice to hear the, the stuff that is going on behind the scenes because it gets it gets lost a lot and we get lost with things that are happening on the pitch as opposed to all the infrastructure and the things that are going on behind the scenes so kudos to yourself and everybody else that are uh, really investing their time into making Carlo GEA not just from a county perspective from, from a club perspective from a youth perspective to make it into something special for, for the people as we come Back in to what is hopefully this new normal?
7: Yeah, absolutely. And look, I suppose we like to, to work in the shadows and in the background. Um, that's the way to do it. It's, it's to just keep your shoulders to the wheel and keep coming up with uh, new initiatives and, and trying to, to push the bar higher. But again, and, and I have to reiterate this, uh, and to all clubs that maybe who didn't, for whatever reason, financial or whatever, this time around um, didn't take up the GPO offer. It is. It is a no-brainer, Shane, and I think not even to compare it to a Dublin model, but if you look at Offaly and Wexford and, you know, counties of kind of, you know, not far away from us and where they are, all of those counties have, have bitten on the GPO model, and it works. It's proven to work. Um, it will definitely raise the standard of player development in each club, and as a consequence, obviously, then, you know, better players, better games, um, and better county players well by an extension in the in the end of it
0: all. And just before I let you off as well, you know, you started a, a new initiative not so long ago about sound supporters, be sound or be silent. How have you found that uh, coming? Like, it's there to tackle sideline abuse and, you know, I've been uh, on the sideline where I've heard referees being getting stick and have her players been getting stick even at youth level and at school boys and school girls level how have you found that uh, implementation and have you found everyone to be relatively just kind of positive coming back
7: yeah the, the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive Shane it was something that we had been watching for three to four years and we had tried different ways of, of trying to fix the problem because as you, as you mentioned you know it, it's very apparent that we had a major issue and it wasn't further up the food chain. It was at under under 9, under 11, under 13, is where, you know, a lot of these flashpoints occur. Um, so we said that we needed something new. We needed something punchy, um, something that had a bit of edge that would capture people's attention. And I think it has. Um, and we're going to push that a little bit further now. And I want to thank the Fair Green who have come on board as a sponsor of the initiative. And we're going to present each club in the county um, with a sign, a sound supporter sign so that it can hang proudly in their clubhouses and their pitch side. So it'll leave people in no uncertain terms that uh, the sound supporters initiative is here to stay and we're going to roll it out fairly quickly uh, after this year, Shane, because as you say, under 11 has been a big success. We've had a couple of minor issues that have been, um, have been dealt with pretty severely. But in the main, um, I think the feedback from players, Parents, supporters, everyone—is that there is a better atmosphere at the under 11 So we're going to roll it out to under 13, and under 15, fairly quickly for 2022, and then hopefully uh, we'll bring it to under 17, which is minor, um, in, in 2023. But yeah, we're going to we're going to keep this going. It's not going to disappear like you know something fizzle out and, and and they disappear. These initiatives. This is here to stay in Carlo, uh, and that's why we want to make it very local. You know, everyone in Carlo understands what being sound is. And um, so hopefully people will also understand then the, the need for them to be silent and to let the kids play and to enjoy our games.
0: Well, 100%. It's a great initiative. We are backing you here at Scoreline and KCLR in, in general. And, uh, you know, we'll be backing all teams that are playing today. I know that you're going to be getting to go to Networks Cullen Park, hopefully. If not, you'll listen to the Brendan Hennessy and Terence Kelly on commentary. St Mullins, Mount Leinster Rangers, and then Ballin Killen versus Bagmanstown, Gales Ronan, And thanks ever so much for taking the time of day, sir.
7: No problem. Thanks,
0: Shane. Thank you very much, Ronan Dempsey from Carlo GAA. Some really hugely encouraging things that are happening there and in the wider frame of uh, GEA and Camogie and in football. We know that Carlo Ladies footballers are ready to return to Antrim in an All Ireland semi final. That's thrown in tomorrow. And then Carlo Camogie are preparing for that relegation battle against Tipperary. But stick around here. We'll keep you updated on everything that is happening within Carlo GAA and beyond on Scoreline. <laughs> From Carlo GEA to Carlo Soccer Brian O'Reilly joins us to talk about the KCLR Shield Tournament that was in its second round
8: Yeah look it's great Shane the clubs have really embraced this new format um, it was something we weren't sure how it was going to go Obviously, with Premier and Division 1 and Division 2 sides in the same group, there is a potential for big shock, there's a potential for some big scores. But at the end of the day, it's all about getting the lads back playing soccer. And so far, the competition has been a huge success. The feedback after the opening weekend last weekend was really positive. And again today, um, some great results and everybody back playing. So we're going to have very much all to play for in the next three weeks. And the groups are getting very tight with a lot of teams' level.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the groups here now. There's uh, A, B, C and D, so four groups. So three of the groups with five in them. Uh, and one then, of course, with six in them. Killery Celtic, top of their table. Along with Slaney Rovers, they both won their first opening games and their opening fixtures. And uh, it, it is very tight. You look at Group C, Cretiard, United and Kaleshin are drawn on points after two games played and two victories. And uh, Vale Wonders are top of their league after two games played and two victories. In regards to, like, even, like, ref, Reason organising because there's a su- there's a substantial amount of games like there's a lot of organisation that went into getting this off the ground.
8: Yeah, there was indeed, and I suppose with the, with the, with the 21 clubs, the most important thing was to try and get them all back as early as we could before the league start. Uh, the referees were too at a bit to get back from the over-35s with nine games this Sunday morning. So we're looking up the deal to get them all covered. The Group A is really, is really going to be the interesting one thing to watch over the next couple of weeks. It, it had the extra team, but I think it's really turned into a group of death now. With You've got Slaney Rovers uh, and St. Patrick. You had three Premier sides, but you've got Ardakhan, who are probably one of the favourites to win Division One. You've got a new club for Barrington, and nobody knew what to expect from them. So that group is certainly one to watch over the next uh, two weeks. It's the only group with all all teams playing every Sunday for the five weeks. It's going to be a very very tight group to call, and the Vale Parkful. New York group and group C is also going to be very interesting now after Vale's two big results on the opening two weekends of the season. Shocking New York last weekend and putting eleven past Castle Rangers today and then New York beat Parkville. So it could get very interesting if Parkville was to beat New uh, beat Bale in that group, we could end up with a three way playoff. So it's very much all play for the next three
0: weeks. And speaking of New Oak as well, recently they've received the FAI club mark following in the lines of with like collection and stuff. How great is that for the Carlo District League to be having these types of standards been set by other clubs?
8: Yeah, it's fantastic. And it wasn't just New Oak. We had collection and St. Pat's. We've had three of them in the last three weeks presented with the FAI club mark. And that followed along after Parkville. Or um, one of the first clubs to get. So it really shows how far the clubs have come, that they're setting the standard. We've a lot more applications in for the club mark, um, and it's great for the league to see that the clubs have all their committees in order, they have their finances in order, and everything is above board and the a are a reward with their club
0: marks. Uh, just going back to Fort uh, Fort Barrington, a new club as you're saying coming into the league. Um, what, are they go- now going into the, the the bottom division, or is there a kind of like you've looked at their players and like maybe they're uh, a, a bit kind of uh, above that, or they're right we where they are? What what yeah. what's that we like?
8: Dis- we, we, we still haven't decided yet, Shane. So the general rule of thumb would be normally we'd look at the players, but. And uh, the fact that the players haven't played in the Carroll League before, um, it's quite difficult. So we're going to decide after the Shield. We're going to use the Shield to give us a guide. Like Ardathnum were a new club last season, but we were able to tell from all the players that they had registered who had been playing in our league over the years that they were too strong for Division 2 and Division 1. So a similar decision will be made with Fort Barrington once we see how the Shield progresses and their results. They were very impressive last weekend. They only just lost two to Premier side Senior Rovers. So it's very certainly one to watch over the next couple of weeks how they progress.
0: Yeah, well, like, uh, well, I remember kind of being with uh, Castle Warren Celtic in Kilkenny when New Park kind of came back and they got thrown into our division and it had to be said, kind of stormed away with it. And then Freebooter C, of course, last year, the Leinster team that came up from the youth level, they were very good. They unfortunately defeated us in the final of the Divisional 2 Cup. So it's a, it's a hard thing for any type of uh, uh, committee to be able to decide as well, especially when you're thinking of Leinster Shields and stuff like that.
8: Exactly. As I say, as I always say, you're damned if you're doing it, you're damned if you are doing you are damned if you do not If you put them in Division 1 and they get relegated by a mile, it's our fault. If you put them in Division 2 and they win it by 20 points, it's our fault. So it is a very difficult thing to do. All we can do is just watch the results and try as a committee to make the best decision for everybody.
0: Yeah, and uh, speaking of great decisions, having that over-35 league going ahead with eight weeks, uh, I, I'm sure you just must be absolutely ecstatic that it's come to some type of fruition now, everyone is delighted, and I suppose Crazyard are the happiest coming out of that.
8: Yeah, look, it was a fantastic decision. We, we, we made the decision as a committee to go ahead with a short season. It's been an absolutely tremendous success. Uh, record 16 teams entered, nobody... T- didn't want to play. Nobody asked for three weeks. We ran it off in seven straight weeks. It went without a hitch. We never lost a game. It was just remarkable. And it's still not overshame because of Slaney Rovers and St. Felix have tied on 18 points each uh, in Division 2. And we need to have a playoff on Tuesday week or Tuesday fortnight. And now we have two Divisional Cups. Starting this weekend with the 4 Division 1 quarterfinals, Friday night and the 4 Division 2 quarterfinals. It's been a massive success, and obviously for Craig Yard, picking up their second league title in the space of seven weeks. And they also won the Cup last year, so that's three trophies for them in the space of about nine weeks. Still two trophies to play for with the Mullins Cup, which is the cu- all 16 teams within together. We've got the two semi finals now with Craig Yard and Pats and Feux and Collection the weekend after next. So, all very good.
0: Yeah, it's it sounding exciting. Um, I know I'm on the Kilkenny side of things, playing in the league, and having the Pat Marshall come back as well is just—it's it, it, a joyous thing for any soccer fan. And seeing the way, like I've had even people commenting uh, that have kind of observed the AGM, the way it happened in Carlo and we're just blown away by the organizational skills, by everything, and just how the AGM went. So kudos to everyone that is involved in that side of things. It often gets lost when you kind of look at the results on the pitch or you're on the sideline, but looking at the organization that goes in behind it and this exciting KCLR shield is just, I don't know, it's it's great to be able to observe.
8: Yeah, thanks very much. We do put a lot of time into it hopefully things will progress now just as well when the league starts in October.
0: Exciting things happening in the Carlo District League, and exciting things happening for one Kilkenny man. It is the strongman himself, Mr. Blaine Donovan, on competing in the ultimate strongman up in the north, and it's his only second competition.
9: Started lifting weights and, and uh, up in the watershed with you many a time, actually. <laughs> and uh, like everyone in, in Lochbiders, you're either a hurler or you play soccer. You know, it's hard to, to find a, a sport, so kind of weights took over from there.
0: And what when did the journey then begin because like I I did kind of mention, I remember James Fenley uh, doing strongman stuff out in the car park up near Woody's yeah. for a while and you'd see the lads lifting Atlas stones and you'd see the different mm-hmm. kind of events and then I remember James kind of making that transition over onto television and then you're seeing him there and your mind is kind of blown because he lives just down the road from my parents, you mm-hmm. know? So there was like Ireland's strongest man at the time, you know, walking around the streets of Kilkenny. It, was there something that you've seen been done in Kilkenny and you were like, hmm, maybe, and it was in the back of your mind or was it almost pandemic onset because you've after building a gym now yourself out Mm. out, out the back of the house so was it something that came because of the pandemic or was it always in the back of your mind that this is a competition that i'd like to get involved in
9: yeah um i think like anyone growing up when you're you're watching these monsters performing and lifting these stones you think you know jesus that's that's something that's not something i'd ever be able to do like but um i was training so i train up in top performance in kilkenny up in a new park shopping center and so there's two guys up there they're lithuanians but you know they're they're top of their game and um he just asked me one day do you know geez, you're, you're a big man you, do you ever think you're strong man i was like no not really so he said you know, come up sunday and see you. do you like it and um geez, loved it you know it's great
0: no. Like, I, I, I know for myself when you're training, something different. Like, speaking of looking at uh, big people and wanting to be involved, and I used to do professional wrestling, I donned a spandex can't. many a time. Yeah. But, like, I remember my first training session in wrestling, I was like, I don't think I could ever do this. Mm. I remember it happening when I went to rugby. I was like, I don't think I can ever do this after the first training session. As someone who was lift in used to lifting weights, it's a completely different form of uh, weight training. It's like were you sore after your fur after your first time that it ever put you off or was it something that you immediately just took to
9: yeah yeah definitely um I was, <laughs> I was in bits for a week after training the first time <laughs> to be honest yeah um just using muscles you've never used like lifting up these big stones it's not kind of a natural thing um but like with the training you know as I learned recovery is probably equally as important as as the training itself like you probably train four days a week and the other three, then you're you're either with the physio or you're you're in your ice baths, your saunas, getting your massages—all that kind of thing. Like so, you no know, recovery is definitely equally as part as the training.
0: And so is the diet then, uh, as well. Like you don't get get to be this big behemoth of a man like yourself without having a very strict regimen when it comes to training and when it comes to eating.
9: Yeah, yeah, that's that's another massive part. Um, you would you would eat a lot of food, in fairness, um, a lot of good food though is the key. You know, you you kind of see a lot of strong men who are just uh they're larger men maybe not so muscular but um as they call it a dirty bulk but <laughs> i always kind of chose just to eat good food and lots of it um and consistency is probably the most important you know eating the right food all the time not just three good days and, and four crap days you know Um that was definitely definitely the biggest thing is in the morning you know starting your day right with a big solid breakfast go training eat the right food after like and keeping on top of that because
0: it all goes to recovery as well and th- that's why I wanted to mention to you because strongman has seemed to have come a, a long way since uh, was say 20 years ago where mm. it was the bigger guys with the big bellies and all that kind yeah. of stuff been doing some amazing things like the strength was was unbelievable but you're a, a physical specimen in, mm. in, in the shape of, of your body and you look like you look after it so when you're coming up to your first training and or your first competition, and you might be looking around, and there's still some big guys that mightn't mm-hmm. have the greatest, most impressive physique, are would you underestimate them because of their physique, or and you'd be like, well, look, I'm, you know, I I look physically impressive, I am physically impressive, or are you ever shocked by someone's uh, what they're able to accomplish? No, um, I suppose
9: with me it's a little bit different because some of these guys. Um, different jobs they can focus completely on strongman, you know, so obviously like you said, being in the army, you kind of have to keep fit um, most of the year as well, so you can't be phenomenally massive, you have to be able to kind of do your running and and do your training as well, so trying to find a balance in between is important, but some of the events then, you know, lads are very good at pressing things over their head or deadlifting things, but then when it comes down to movement events, they mightn't be as strong, so you know, it's a double-edged sword. Trying to find that balance is the most important.
0: Just touching back to the army background, when we chat with, with Owen Larkin on the Clash Act podcast, when he got Player of the Year in 2008, he put that down to him going on tour and almost training like a professional when he was over there, mm. and he was able to run track, have have the gym over there, have the weights. You're all, mm. about a year back from tour now at, yeah, at, at this yeah. stage. Were you were you thinking of doing it then when you were over there? But obviously, you we're always trying to stay in shape. But were you thinking of doing it then when you were over there?
9: Yeah, I I suppose just before I went overseas, I joined the gym Top Performance, and um, I kind of was doing a a small bit, I wouldn't say I was doing strongman, but just doing a lot of strength stuff, so yeah, I definitely stayed doing it over there, Um, the lads in the gym made me a programme for the six months, which was brilliant, and um, just kept building, then when I got home, it was like, now we have the strongman stuff, you know, obviously overseas you're not going to have strongman equipment, because... Not everyone would use it, but um, got home then, yeah, and, and we hit the strongman every Sunday morning, like, and it was, it was brilliant.
0: Do you think the discipline that's been taught in the army helps and there's kind of, like, some shared attributes between the two?
9: Yeah, I, yeah, definitely the the discipline with your, your diet and your driving determination, like, you know, with the army also you do some hard stuff, like, so... It kind of does cross over, like when you're you're doing the hard events in front of a crowd or whatever, being able to just flick the switch and go to the, you know to that savage mode and, and do what you have to do. Like.
0: like I was looking at the the qualifiers and online, and the, you had the truck pull, mm. and and that's an incredibly hard thing I'd imagine to even train for because you got to get a truck first of all. Yeah. But like the crowd there was was pretty big, and especially it's a hometown crowd, so there was mm. a lot of people there that would have you know been shouting you on and screaming you on because of the hometown aspect of it. That come into your mind when you're pulling along a truck, like, do you hear the the shouts, does it give you a bit more emphasis, or is because the like, you must be in an incredible amount of pain, and there's a lot of strain on that muscle, is that all you're focusing on?
9: Yeah, no, definitely, um, I definitely hear the crowd, like, luckily enough, like I said, it was a hometown event, so a lot of family and friends were there cheering me on, and um, you would, you, through the crowd, you hear those voices cheering for you, and it does, it definitely drives you on, like, because... You can't do it without the support of your family and that, especially my girlfriend Linda. Like she's, you know, getting up there every morning and eating your eight eggs and you know trying to juggle a baby. <laughs> then and say, uh, listen, I'm going off training for three hours. There, you know, so without that, like it's it's impossible to to do well in anything. So support around you is unbelievable. Yeah.
0: So going from that, then you've qualified and you're going up to the north. Maybe less people are traveling up it, up in mm. that stage, especially with restrictions that maybe occur, occur due to the pandemic. But like you came seventh out of 16th, mm. which is. Incredibly impressive considering that was only your second ever event. Mm. What was the sentiment shared around the community? Because you're only getting yourself ingrained in the community. Mm. Did you get any advices off the eventual winner, uh, Dwyer, or did you get any advice from said Davey, a fellow mm. Kilkenny man? I know that there's going to be this rivalry there anyway, yeah. and he's probably looking at this young upstart coming in. And you know, he's, yeah. he's looking to maintain his position, and you're looking to maybe exceed anybody else's position. Mm. So, is there this rivalry, or is there advice given out?
9: Yeah, that's the strange thing because you're all competing against each other, but backstage then you're all helping each other out. You know, you're you're swapping different equipment, or one lad giving them your chalk, or whatever it is. Like, so no, it's it's definitely just helping each other out because everyone wants everyone to do well, even though you're against each other. But um, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna try and mess someone up. So, um, yeah, even myself and Dave were chatting up there how to do different things, what way to approach the stones, like you know, more tacky, less tacky, all this kind of stuff. Um, no, so in fairness, lads do help each other. Out. It's it's. One great thing about it it's a nice community i think actually
0: and you came away then you came first in the anvil carry which was the very mm. first event i, I, yeah. I believe yeah. like did did you start getting notions down in your head been like ah oh, this is mine now or did you know like that those atlas stones just the, the, it's mind-boggling and there's a real kind of weight and method that you need and form that you need to keep when you're lifting mm-hmm. those things and you're you know you're pushing up Cars, you're you're doing all these strange things, but after the anvil car, you're coming first. Are you starting to be like, Yeah, this is mine?
9: Yeah, uh, like it does. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes you feel good, all right. But like you have to stay humble in the sport because the following event was a Viking press, it's 140 kilos overhead for reps. Um, and I knew that wasn't a strong event for me at all, so I actually didn't get any reps on that event, but. Like that, you know, your you, your your tail is up there, you're flying through the first event, and then bang, the second event, you don't do well, like, so, you have to stay humble and stay in your lane and know what you're good at and know what you're bad at. Um,
0: because but, you'll get humbled very quickly, anyway.
9: Very quickly, like, Powdoyer, I think he went out and done 12 reps of 140 kilos, like phenomenal strength, um, but like that, he, his grip wasn't great on the first event, so, it's... Uh,
0: so it's a constant uh, evolution then, with it only being your second event, are you looking at the Viking press now as something that you're going to continue working on because it may have let you down in, in, in the last event, now you know your anvil carry is is quite strong, like does that kind of take a bit of a back seat, because I know myself when I'm training, I like cha- training chest because that's where I'm best at, yeah. you know what I mean, so I just keep doing that and I'm like, yeah, yeah I feel good. Chest and arms every day. Exactly, the glory <laughs> muscles, but... Yeah. When you're doing something like that and you're competing and, you know, say the Viking press let you down on the day, is that something now that you're going to focus on for the next competition?
9: Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, um it's not about being good at one event, it's trying to be, you know, fairly good at all the events and then you keep your points up that way, like, um so you can actually win the competition without winning a single event if you just play second or third, maybe, or even fourth in some of the events and uh, you keep your points up and then you can win the overall, but... Yeah, the second we finished the competition, it's like yeah, no other week out. We need to work on the overhead pressing. Like, um, obviously being six foot seven, you have these big long levers, um, so it's a bit. I wouldn't say a disadvantage. It just requires a bit more work to to press the weight overhead. Uh,
0: just just a message coming in there, super proud of Blaine, a great sportsman and a gentleman. I never knew you were in my attic, Shane O'Keefe, I assume that's your mother's <laughs> It was amazing to watch the strongman finals and Blaine's performance representing the black and amber with pride in Bangor. certainly were. What's the future now going to hold for, for Blaine Donovan? Is Obviously, you might even have a tour coming up, so you'll be like, here lads, get the Atlas Stones over there, yeah. <laughs> we'll start training, but what's the future hold in terms of competition? Um,
9: another competition next tur- uh, Saturday in Turles. I'm not going to compete. I'm just going down to Shout On. There's a few local lads doing it as well. It's a charity event in um, Turles Powerlifting Club, I think. Um, after that, it's just rest and recover now and see what next year brings. Uh, get ready for the next Republic of Ireland Strongest Man.
0: And you're training in top performance, and we know Davy Jones has his uh, place where he's training strong Strongman as well. In terms of top performance, um like i i assume it can't just be anybody that goes into into strongman you'll have to have a certain mentality and you'll have to have a certain type of dedication and determination to do it but if someone is out there listening and they're like hey i I, I wouldn't mind throwing a few kegs over my head mm-hmm. and i wouldn't mind doing a bit of truck pull and want to get involved in it is top performance open to that kind of thing or is is there other places that you might suggest to start training or doing it by yourself
9: no absolutely like i said um they just asked me to go training, so, no, they do, they encourage lads to come up, they have a yard up in Hebron Industrial Estate that we use, um, and I'd be more than happy, because their priority is to grow the sport, they love the sport, you know, um, trying to get out there, you know, in Ireland it is hard, like I said, GA and soccer kind of reign supreme a lot of the time, and there's not wrong with that at all, but uh, for smaller sports to grow, it's, it's very hard, especially a sport that you think, "Geez, I'm not sending my son to do that, he's going to be broke up, like, <laughs> but that's not the case at all, it's like everything, you have to build up slowly, and uh, learn the form and technique, and it's a great sport then. so I'd advise anyone definitely call into the lads up in New Park Shopping Centre top performance Um, just ask them say
0: you want to get a strongman and they don't just do strongman either like it's an actual gym also so yeah
9: it's a a regular gym for everyone as well
0: big things to come from the big 6 foot 7 man he's a behemoth ladies and gentlemen trust me on this one Paul Deneif is up next now talking about Mary Fitzgerald about to compete in the Paralympics in Tokyo
10: Tokyo, and I think the, even the, the year's gap and the year between, you know, the extra year due to COVID has made a big difference and meant that she, that became a real target for her, and I think she's going to have a long career in athletics going forward.
0: And, like, have you been there throughout Mary's journey over the past years, then?
10: <laughs> no, uh, Mary, Mary came to athletics in 2010. She started with the IWA sport uh, scheme, and she realised that she was a very good thrower. And about 2015, she joined up with Gore and AC, and did a, we did a bit of work with her, and she did her own stuff, and then when she went to college in 2018, 2019, she has been working with uh, a guy called John McCarthy, who's a very good uh, Paralympics throws coach, and I suppose her race progression in, in those three years has been absolutely excellent. She's gone on to compete in World Championships, where she came seventh, and the Europeans, where she picked up a bronze, and now she's going to Tokyo with a real, real prospect of, of a good medal.
0: Yeah, it's, it's huge. So when is the event actually happening then? Is it next Tuesday, I believe? And the, next, next
10: Tuesday, the actual games are kicking off, uh, Shane. And then Mary's not on until the second last day of the actual games themselves. So she's a bit to wait around. She just moved into the, into the uh, Olympic Village uh, there yesterday. So it's thrilled to be there. Uh, but she's competing on Saturday... Saturday week, so in two weeks' time, almost.
0: Yeah, I, I'd imagine then, I, like, I don't know if you've been in touch with her, maybe people from the club have been in touch with her, but, like, even that weight in itself, being in the Olympic Village for two weeks is just, uh, I, I'd imagine, a, an amazing experience. But the wait could that build, like, anticipation, could it build nerves? Uh, you've been around her. Would she be generally a calm person?
10: Uh, Mary would be very calm, very focused, uh, keeping herself occupied. has been there before. Uh, has been to the world, has been to big competitions, so knows the, what's required for preparation. And, and I know this is our first time at Paralympics, but she's amongst a really good group of athletes. You know, we've got a very experienced, I think there's eight athletes in total going, you know, para-athletes. And amongst them, you've got people like Kaysen Smith, Michael McKillop, Nick McCarty, who are all really experienced Paralympians. And I think they would be a huge uh, help to her as well in, in settling in and, keeping occupied but we're, we're following her a lot on Twitter and on Facebook and she seems to be having an absolute ball so it's just it's, a, it's an experience of a lifetime to go to your first games.
0: I'd imagine you're all very proud i imagine you're still busy though out in gordon Athletic Clubs uh, what do you have coming up over the next few weeks?
10: Uh, we're just uh, coming out of the, the tail end of a very busy track and field season uh, which has been great for gordon Athletics and to Athletics in general uh, we managed to get uh, our county championships done we managed to get through to Leinster's and national competitions, so a lot of, a lot of very good performances in in Gore and Henny. We're now heading into the the restart. Athletics is one of those sports where there's really no break in the season. Uh, we're heading into now a season where you start into cross country come September October, and uh, that's a very different, a very different experience. Mud, mud and rain
0: typically tends to be the, the name of the game <laughs> so like it's very hard to hear the different types of clubs and different disciplines and sports that have come out of the pandemic and be able to hit the ground running or hit the track running in, in your case financial implications are always a huge thing for every club whether it be soccer whether it be hurling we've seen Carlo G.E.A. Yeah, do the Barrowside Challenge we've seen different kind of fundraisers happening and how how has scoring been able to survive that over the the pandemic, and I, we know that athletics got to come back a bit sooner maybe than the other team sports, but how have you been able to survive and hopefully thrive going forward? I mean, it was a big
10: challenge. It is a big challenge. Um, the, the big challenge was, as you say, Shane, people did get back to running. You know, because it could run individually or in smaller groups, and that worked. But like big, big fundraising events, like you know, we run a, an event called the Stuke Ten Mile Race every every year out in 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 Dungarvan, and we had to drop that last year. This year, that's a big fundraising event, so we did a lot virtually. You know, so we basically had people running and sending in their times, and a lot of a lot of races uh, did that as well. And 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 um, I suppose that was the only way around it. Really, I was trying to keep people connected and. We, we did a lot of work with sending out programs out to, out to kids and out to, out to families and out to athletes so that they'd, they'd keep in touch and keep working away but, but definitely uh, it, was, it was great to be coming back like in April, May this year and looking into competitions it was just you, you could see the relief on everybody's um, faces and just the, the joy you know and looking at being able to do All Ireland and Lenters over the last few weeks has just been so much fun you know it's just a great, a great release.
0: Yeah you can hear the enthusiasm even in your voice and we're looking forward to whatever is coming from Goran Athletic Club we're looking forward then to seeing Mary's journey over in the Olympics Uh, do you have like an event planned to be able to watch it is it going to be late at night over here or what way will it work Uh,
10: From looking at the programme at the moment I'm delighted to see that um, both RTE and Channel 4 are doing a huge amount of coverage of the the, the Paralympics, which is great, you know, so you can see it on telly. It looks like it's going to be probably much the same as what happened with the Olympics, which is probably through the night coverage and then with the finals probably in the in the kind of early morning into the after afternoon our time, you know. So that's what we're we're looking at the moment. And it's great to see that like, there's some really um, Mary being there, um, as you say, Rosemary Gaffney being there from Kenny as well in the equestrian, and then you've got like some wonderful athletes going out into cycling, the swimming, and and the athletics generally. You're just really, really looking forward to this
5: yeah well
0: uh, we'll be all shouting them both on from here and shouting on Team Ireland indeed but David thanks ever so much for taking the time unconscious now you're trying to keep an eye on the game as well it's currently I have it I'm on the, the player here so it's currently 326 to 114 it looks like a bit of a cricket score maybe has Cork managed to come back in the two minute lag that I have no I
10: don't think so <laughs> <laughs> No I think, I think this one I think you're right Shane I think this one Slipping away from car no, Thanks or very much
0: David Absolute pleasure sir Best of luck <laughs> That's it from Scoreline Extra I've been Shane O'Keefe You can catch me And the angry young man Robbie Dowling Every weekend from 2 to 6 On Scoreline's KCLR KCLR Scoreline Yeah you get what I'm saying Anyway Until then Stay safe Stay sane